Hey, welcome back. Ty again here. Um, if you're unfamiliar with what that noise is, uh, <laughs> that is the intro to the classic medical drama ER. And this is kind of my, um, kind of my show that started it all. And this particular episode actually has a really strange and pretty stupid backstory, but I'm going to tell it anyway because it's relevant. Um, to why I decided to do this. So um, the TV show ER is a medical drama, one of the very first ones um, that started in 1994. I remember seeing previews for it um, when I was 13, almost 14, getting ready to go into high school in 94. And they advertised it at the same time with Friends and ER. It was that Thursday night lineup. If you're of that generation, you definitely know what I'm talking about. Um, was obsessed with it, loved it from the get-go, the early seasons especially. This is one of those shows where it starts off strong, like you don't have to get through the season one uh, painfully because it's good um, right away. So in season two, uh, which would have been the 95-96 season, there is an episode um, titled Hell and High Water. And I... For some reason, I just rewatched it. I probably haven't seen it in 20 years, but for some reason, um, it really struck a chord with me in 95-96. And my high school speech class had us do a entertainment speech where we did a variety of things where you had to speak about something you enjoyed, movie, music, television, whatever. Um, and I thought to do this episode one because ER did start it. I was very passionate about ER and Friends. Those two shows just kind of kick-started my love of TV at a young age. But um, my friend Jan, who was also in this speech class, and if she listens to this, because she listened to the first episode, I do believe um, if she hears this, she was in my class, and I remember her doing this speech on Reality Bites and showing a clip from Reality Bites. And right in front of me, I still have the DVD of Reality Bites because of that woman and my friend Jan. Um, random story, but that is the truth. Uh, I decided to do it on this episode called Hell and High Water. And um, just going to go through it for you. Give you a few highlights. Try to do a little bit better job of editing. Thank you so much for bearing with me during that first one if you did happen to listen. I don't have one. Because you're a boy. I'm all by myself. Are you sick? No, no. Okay. So why are you here? Okay. For a job. You don't have a job. Did you see those pretty fish over there? Did you lose your job? My daddy lost his job. <sighs> did you get a new job? Yes, I did. Giving big shots to little girls. <laughs> big shots. Classic, um... Dr. Doug Ross, played by George Clooney. You should know that. Just That's just general knowledge, even if you didn't watch this show. Um, kind of where we, we met George Clooney before he really exploded. Um, it revolves around him. This entire episode is around him. He uh, is kind of the bad boy of this show, kind of the bad boy of the ER, gets himself in a lot of trouble, and often is being forced to find other jobs. Um, he's currently sitting waiting for an interview at like a minute clinic type situation and you can tell that that is not what he wants to do with his life and um, 
by the end of this episode, we definitely find out that he will not be doing that with his life. So um, after that interview and job offer, um, which he accepts uh, reluctantly, he is dating someone, I don't even know the woman's name, can't recall, don't really care, doesn't matter, um, Team Carol all the way. Um, he's driving to meet this woman somewhat, some event, um, pouring down rain, he gets flat tire. Um, now he's stuck on the side of the road. There's a couple of funny things about watching something that was filmed in 1995, uh, or probably 94, honestly. Uh, first of all, he's using his car cigarette lighter and trying not to get caught smoking marijuana in Chicago which one, we don't have car cigarette lighters anymore, and two, you could smoke all the marijuana in Chicago you wanted to right now. He's having like an essential, ooh, what's that word? You know what the word is. He's having a crisis over whether or not to smoke this joint or not. Oh, hell, I don't know. It's late in the day. I worked all day. I do work. So this uh, Ben is the um, character's name that is now stuck in like a, what looks like a drainage tunnel and because of the rising rain and it looked like it being, uh, well, pretty much any season in Chicago is not the warmest. Uh, ben is stuck in this drainage tunnel. It's pouring down rain. The water is rising and he is hypothermic. I am not a medical person, but I do know what that means. <laughs> um, so in this next clip, um, Dr. Ross is just trying to keep him alert while he tries to free where his leg is stuck in this uh, grate type uh, thing in the ditch. So we are in a dire situation here, and Dr. Ross has sent um, the younger brother, the one who initially came to find him for help, um, <laughs> to find a phone. Again, it's 1995. Those aren't in our pockets. Um, it's hard to remember this. I was around, clearly, but it's hard to remember this. So um, here's their solution. I'm 
It is Chicago, downtown Chicago. I can see the skyline. Um, and you can't find a phone anywhere? I mean, it was daylight. I for sure realized that this is fiction, but that man just broke a window to some random business and basically had that child go in there and try to find a phone. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. That's some hero shit right there. So Doug, Dr. Ross, uh, eventually frees this young man using a um, carjack, <laughs> whatever, long, long, you just have to watch it in order to understand. Um, he frees him and he kind of breaks free all the water that was building up behind him and they're pushed out into what looks like the retaining part of it. And uh, he eventually finds him underwater. And at this point he's now drowned um, and he's attempting CPR and is not having much success. And this is probably the scene right here that is the reason that I loved the show. It's also now as, and now as a 41 year, almost 41 year old woman, I realize how ridiculously uh, like this is not believable <laughs> but at the time I was like wow um, he's gonna trach him out here with a Swiss army knife and an ink pen Here comes the Swiss Army knife. You got a pen? What? A pen? Do you have a pen on you? of television this man stuck a pin into this child's trachea and blew on it and he coughed up all the water now Ben has a pulse all right so he's somewhat stable um, they've got him to there's a, a EMS has arrived there's this news chopper randomly caught on and uh, has now landed and now we're gonna violate every HIPAA law known to man and do a live shot of Dr. Ross saving this child's life. We got him on! Come on! Wait, wait, wait! I'm gonna look at this What's your flight? How's your county ER? 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Chopper's not equipped for medical transport. Oh, it's time to serve him to need special care. Or he's closer. Yeah, by three minutes and he died because there's no ICU. Oh, he dies in a news chopper. I don't have time to argue with you. I will take full responsibility for this. This boy is gonna die. Let's do it. It's a great story. Let's go. Hippa, 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 hippa violations. You can you can kind of see why Doug is the bad boy here and uh, often has to find other employment. So now we're back in the ER where Doug's buddies and fellow doctors and nurses are catching on because they're seeing the. Uh, 
Pulitzer Prize winning Channel 5 reporting on the television where this camera is in this child's face along with Dr. Ross's and um, this pretty funny writing we got right here. Um, as they notice there's a reporter right outside of the emergency room entrance. Here's what is said. Ugh, ugh, TV doctors. Should I get security <laughs> to escort Dr. Mahoney to a Ugh, TV doctors. So uh, we got Ben inside. There's also a, another patient, a young, young lady that is coding at the same time. So we've got these two pretty much dying kids side by side. Uh, Ben's stats are an 80 pulse ox and his temperature is 82. I'm no doctor, but that can't be good. Um, so they're working on him while also working on the other child that is, is also dying. Um, all jokes aside from the medical things that I know are very far-fetched uh, now that I'm older, the camera work in this again none of this is armchair opinions but the camera work of the show one it is consistent it starts it starts in this format and it continues throughout the entire 15 seasons that the show is on the air and i love the way that it is shot it keeps pace with the intensity of an actual emergency room but not so that you're ill by watching it. It's done very, very well, in my opinion. So uh, we'll let this play out, and uh, we'll see who survives here. Gotta stop the bleeding first. Four time we train.
You know about kids. It's good as new. And that moment right there kind of solidifies, you can tell by the look um, between him and Dr. Green, that he cannot take the job at a urgent care facility. This is what he was meant to do. He's a pediatrician. I'm not sure if I meant that, uh, if I mentioned that, but um, yeah. And that's the entire episode in a nutshell. And it was uh, important to me as a, as a youth. And I thought I would share it with you all. Um, some upcoming episodes on my agenda, just so we know. Um, the series finale of two of my favorite shows are coming up. Um, Shameless will end um, in the next three weeks, and a TV show called Winona Earp um, will also end in, in, during this this spring season. So um, sad that they're ending. Um, looking forward though to kind of highlight the the finales for you. Uh, Jan, if you're listening all the way to the end, hey, shout me out on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.